0: When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call
1: the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Time now for The Drive with Mark Ennis. Presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave
0: Skull.
1: Welcome into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Tanner, I'm getting myself in my own ear there. Pretty good overall. There we
0: go. There he is. He got it. He fixed it. We started
1: on time before I even finish my greeting. Well done. Uh, All the way across the board here. We're like the kings of this starting on
2: time and uh, without major
1: issues or anything. There's never been an issue. Feels good.
2: And if you say that there has been, I'll tell everybody you're a liar. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I hope wherever you are, you are warm yeah. uh, or warmer than it is outside that you've got electricity. Hopefully, you didn't have to work today like many of you did for this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. I we do, work. and we don't mind because this doesn't really feel like work anyway, does it, Dave?
2: No, it doesn't. This is much better than my other job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm not. But anyway, it's a it, it, look, it was a great weekend of sports, Mark. It was. We had a lot going on. We have no shortage of things to talk about. And
1: now, because of uh, Mother Nature, in the middle of this show, an NFL playoff game is going to kick off in Buffalo. In theory. It's supposed to. I have now seen the videos of people arriving into the stadium in Buffalo, uh, and their their rows are just covered in snow. The only thing that's been cleared is is the stairs up to where their row is, and people are basically responsible for burrowing their own way to their own seat. But, but there's I,
2: nowhere to t- put the snow except for on other people's seats, that's right, pretty
1: much. Which is what I would have done anyway. Yeah. Uh, for my seats, I would have gotten there as early as possible. But we're going to get Bill's Steelers in hilarious weather, uh, and then we're going to get Bucks Eagles in equally hilarious weather for the opposite reason. The, the funniest thing I saw over the weekend, that there was like a 109 degrees difference between the weather <laughs> in Miami wow. And in Kansas City, where Miami and Kansas City played over the weekend. So we've got like a full slate of NFL playoff games uh, that was not dominated because Lamar didn't play, but was heavily impacted by Louisville guys everywhere. If you watch this first uh, crop of NFL playoff games, with, again, with two left to play, Jair Alexander, Jonathan Gennard, Sheldon Rankins, yep. I mean, the guys were. In the opposite way, Jaron Christian. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> you right. got worked a little a Friendly bit, fire. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, th- these guys were ev- everywhere. Teddy's career extended by a game. Damn right. Uh, with the Detroit Lions winning. Uh, it, look, we, we've done the show, Dave, all the way through uh, presidential elections and pandemics and tragedies. And we have talked about the unprecedented nature of all manner of things. Uh, but it is nice to know. No matter what. I think you know where this is going. I do. No matter what. I mean, everything changes except for the Dallas Cowboys being utterly unreliable come playoff time. In a weird way, Dave, I almost was mad at myself for thinking this one would be different.
2: Oh, Mark, I was furious with myself. Because I, I mean on Friday I said, look, I'll pick the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. That's what I said, and even when it came out of my mouth, I was like, man, I don't like the sound of that at all. Here's the the insult to injury for me is that I hate the Cowboys. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I have never been. I, I've, I've disliked them since my childhood. I like Dak Prescott. I like some other players, but I can't stand Jerry Jones, and I can't stand the Cowboys. They are not America's team to me, or maybe they are for different reasons, but <laughs> like I got it's like when I've ever lost money betting on Kentucky. At the end of the day, I'm like, I would have just rather not bet on these teams because I don't really, I don't, I don't want to have to root for them anyway. And at the end of the day, I lose money betting on a team I don't like. So I, I, I kind of, like, even though you don't want to bet with, that, those are my efforts to not bet emotionally. You know, like I feel proud of myself when I bet on teams I don't like. I'm like, yeah. See, like, I'm not. You feel like you? I don't bet with that my heart. That shows my maturity. Exactly.
1: I'm not going to let my personal dislike get in the way of a smart business decision.
2: Exactly. But then, at the end of the day, I I, I get so irrationally angry <laughs> at myself for doing that. But
1: it's not as comforting as you think it'll be in the moment.
2: Right. It? And then McCarthy doing McCarthy. And and the ultimate Cowboys move, which is lose in the first round as a favorite. It's. It's not a good business decision. It wasn't ever rational to bet on the Cowboys. And I just feel twice as stupid whenever I bet on something that should just. At this point, McCarthy has shown, even though he has a Super Bowl ring, he has shown you. It's, it, when he married the Cowboys, when they came together, I feel like it was just an ultimate. Well, now he's never going to win another. He's never going to be successful in the playoffs again. The Cowboys have won how many playoff games in, in Jerry World? I think it's two. One or two, and the Packers have three. The Packers have won more playoff games in Jerry World <laughs> than, the, than the Cowboys. I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable, but also eminently believable at the same time. Yeah. I am an idiot. I hate myself for betting on them. That game
1: uh, was fun. So, okay, so somebody for Fox is, like, responsible for this game. It, 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 is that a mouse, or is that, like, a laser in the arena? Oh. I'm struggling with what I'm seeing exactly, but we've got the TV on because we're going to be watching these, those playoff games at yeah, they yeah, start.
2: Yeah. But the the Cowboys, he's uh, talking about the Villanova Marquette game. There's some weird kind of flashing going on in them. Not yeah. that kind of flashing. No, 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 no. That would be better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that watching that game, you know, I was having this uh, discussion with Louis back and forth via text during the game. They, when Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee, you're like, uh maybe I can kind of see why they only won one Super Bowl, right? Yeah. And then you watch Mike McCarthy coach, and, and you might think, okay, I can kind of can see why they only won one Super Bowl. But then I really think to myself,
2: it's kind of amazing that those two won one won Super one Bowl together. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: they
0: like were you so understand, good for
1: a time
2: they even couldn't stop it themselves. You understand how like a top five quarterback of all time, like married to that guy, like you know, uh, teamed up with that guy. I Understand? He could probably he could have screwed up Tom Brady, probably. I, yeah. Like McCarthy, man, just believe when somebody shows you who they are, the first time, the second time, the third time. The eighth time. Believe them, Mark. Believe them, Mike McCarthy, in the winner.
1: We've got a lot that we are going to get into here uh, throughout the show. We'll open up the phones a little bit later on uh, here and let you guys send off as well. We've got uh, another dominating performance from the Louisville women, uh, who are, I think, really beginning to, I think, round into some form here. The defensive play has been. Consistent, it has carried from game to game. I will have some time that we will talk uh, about that. Uh, these NFL playoff games, Louisville continues to be active in the transfer portal uh, for football for next year, and I think meets uh, another key need uh, with one more. And I don't really know how much more we'll see, but we did that. Is I think pretty big, it was a big one for Louisville, so we'll talk uh, about that. And then we've got uh, the coaching carousel playing out in the world of college football elsewhere. Uh, that I think creates, I think, some storylines we should at least talk through with Kalen DeBoer taking the Alabama job, Jed Fish uh, leaving Arizona and taking the Washington job, uh, and what that might mean for all of those, because I know we harped on it at the end of this season that has now just ended, but this really was the, the, this Michigan National Championship game win, was the last game of, like, the old way. Yeah. You're going to end up with uh, your, your, your super-duper conferences starting next year, uh, it, all, a lot of teams moving either into the Big 12, into the Big 10, into the SEC, or in the ACC, I guess, uh, if we have to talk about those three. Uh, join the ACC, we will. But like, now these coaches are moving around, it's going to just create, I think, a really different economy for college football uh, and what that might mean for us. So we'll talk about that, and of course, uh, we will start with, unfortunately, the men played over the weekend against NC State. Uh, and before we get into the negatives about it, and there were there were more than positives or else they would have won the game, I did want to say super proud of, again of
2: y'all. Crowd was really good, especially considering Excellent. the rest of the season. This is the best crowd, not to cut you off, this was the best crowd they've had Louisville-wise, like outside the, Kentucky, the Louisville-Kentucky game where it was about 50-50. This was the best Louisville crowd right. we've had all season, and everybody was engaged.' It was there for Louisville Yeah, and yeah. it kind of tells you exactly like anybody who says, well, this, you know just the, 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 some people just aren't going to be back in. That's true, but all you had to do was show a little bit of promise, and you got a couple thousand more people in those stands. You know, if they won a few games in a row, they'd get a couple more thousand in those stands. Like people are ready to get back into this program. You know it all took was a little bit, and I was like first off, I was very uh happy to see the best crowd of the season. Obviously, it's still eight or nine thousand below where we would like to be on a regular basis and you know, fourteen thousand below where we want to be on big games, but it was a lot better noticeably than it has been all year. Yeah, I did want to
1: give uh, fans their props for showing out with easily the, uh, the best crowd of the year for a, a game that was just about Louisville. There weren't like thousands of NC State fans who made the sure. trip or anything. Uh, and I agree with you, Dave. I think it's worth pointing out here. It, the idea, and you don't hear much of it anymore, that the fans are somehow any part of this problem uh, for how Louisville men's basketball has been going lately is simply not true. Uh, and it is a. I think it was a good demonstration of the fact that like if you give Louisville fans an inch, yeah. they will be there in increasing numbers. And if Kenny thought, I hope he doesn't. I don't think he did. But if he thought that there was going to like that they should just instantly come back after one game, that's not going to happen. If they if they string if God, if they were to string together say like a three game winning streak and then come home,
2: I bet you they'd be like fifteen thousand. Yeah, or at least twelve, thirteen. Like you know, it would it would be Lower noticeably. Ball. Uh, more people and that's it was good to see that and I think it was kind of an affirmation that look this program this fan base isn't gone it's waiting there's a difference they're you know, standing so, by they're standing by is exactly right like they are waiting and and most of them don't believe it's going to happen with this coaching staff but it it's not stopping many of them from from waiting for that you know like a lot of them don't care who the coach is just give them something that they can buy into and that Miami win was something. That's right. That they can grab onto. It wasn't a fluke, you know what I mean? Like it was there were things they were doing well and obviously it wasn't perfect. And we'll talk about some of the things they didn't do well on Saturday, but it was a legitimately good win against a, a quality opponent. And that's what people wanted to see and it came back and they rewarded them with 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 attendance. Now obviously, like I said, it's not where it needs to be. And this isn't a head pat. It's just kind of showing you what like the fan base isn't gone, man. The fan base is just standing by, like you said, waiting, waiting for this program to return. And so, like to me, I,
1: I didn't, I didn't feel outrage from folks after this NC State game either. And so, I'm not going to let us make more out of a loss to a, a bubble team than we're than is really justified in doing so. I'm I'm not gonna do that, but. It is more like like if they're gonna lose games, it better look like that. Where I felt like it, they never quit. They made NC State earn it. Uh, they they there were multiple times I think that they had a chance to to mail it in, like we've seen, and they didn't. And it is consecutive games where there were various moments where you have where you would say, "All right, this is where they just mail it in," yeah. and they they haven't, and. I'm feeling better about it being that they have made some progress in just keeping the guys in all 40 minutes of a game. I, but I realize in saying that, that that's what they call uh, damning with faint praise. Sure. That I'm praising them specifically for something that I ought to be able to assume but I haven't been able to assume it at this point, yeah. so I did want to recognize it here. They've stayed in all 40 minutes of both games. I don't know that we've really been able to say that in back-to-back
2: games since he's been here. No, and then at the end there, I mean, well, with a couple minutes left, they were down by 12 or 14, and that seemed like, okay, well, that yeah. was nice. You know, it was it was a nice run. It's over. And they made NC State sweat till the end. They almost came back and pulled that out, or at least made it really – it was in question. You know, at the end of the game, the last couple possessions until, you know, NC State kind of put the nail in the coffin there at the end. But I, we shouldn't be in a position where we're only playing spoiler for these teams. And I hate that that's probably where we are. Like Miami, we're going to be an anchor around Miami's neck for the rest of the year. If they lose a couple more games and they're a bubble team, you know, and they're somewhere at the 20 and 11 or something like that, and – they're looking at their quality wins and their losses i mean we kept Clemson out of the tournament last year and there's a decent chance that we could keep three or four more teams out of the tournament this year and i don't want that to be what we're relegated to and at the end of the day quite frankly i was really pleased with the effort i think they played hard the whole game but i think they played hard a lot this year the problem and we'll get into this was more about I think at certain times they didn't quite know what they were doing on defense. They still don't don't play sound defense. Uh possession to possession which we highlighted the good things they did against Miami, which I thought uh every time somebody tried to drive the paint, they 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 collapsed. Every time that the ball got into to the center or into the post, they collapsed. They had active hands. They forced a lot of turnovers against Miami and they did surprisingly win the turnover battle against an NC State team that forces a lot of turnovers and that takes care of the ball. They won the turnover battle against them, which I was I was pleased with, but at the end of the day, you could see they just didn't quite have it. The The principles, how you needed to attack this NC State team, it's completely different than Miami. I mean, I was worried in the first couple minutes that we weren't going to see a competitive game because they just weren't handling the press well. Uh, it started out 12 nothing, and I was like, oh, man, this is – please don't just fall apart after the best win of your tenure, which I realize isn't saying much, but please don't fall apart. And they they fought back, but the whole game, you could tell whenever DJ Burns got the ball, and he's got – the way I, I described him was he has soft hands and soft eyes. You know, it's true. <laughs> like, he sees the court, right? Yeah. I mean, he sees everything. Uh, He can whip that ball not around. Not that he's pleasant to look at. That's not what <laughs> – that's okay what I'm saying. okay um but i look he's pl- he's beautiful to me, man. I love a six ten sure. three hundred twenty pound post player six nine three hundred because there's no way in hell he's two eighty I'm just telling you all that right now he doesn't weigh less than generous I do. that feels generous to you he does not weigh less than I do okay. he's seven inches taller than me <laughs> he's six nine he doesn't weigh less than me um but it was just funny like you could see instead of collapsing on him when he got the ball in the paint. Which would make sense, you know. Sure. You double him, and you and you try to you cut off all of the angles and try to get him to make a bad decision, turn the ball over, or whatever. They were doubling him like every time he got the ball, which played into their hands. Like if he's fifteen feet away from the basket, out on the elbow, and they were just trying to quote unquote collapse on him. But you're doing him all kinds of favors. You're opening right. the floor up for him, you know, and he could see everything. And and it ended up killing us. But they didn't ever get out of that mode, you know. Right. And I, and I'm. Watching them just – it was the principles of that double team and stuff like that we are like, you're just not quite – you don't quite know what you're doing here. You know, and and to give up 90 points to that team is tough. That's a tough look for any defense. You know, it's tough in transition, although they weren't getting out and running that much during the rest of the game. That was more of a beginning of the game thing. Uh, They didn't get killed too much in transition and turnovers, but, man, they just – the half-court defense everything it just just isn't quite there man and and it was it it presented a completely different challenge than Miami and that's what I was trying to tell people going into the game it's like look they can't do the same things they did against Miami against NC State you know they're gonna have to value the basketball which they did for the most part they did a much better job uh, after the seven steals that NC State had in the first like 12 minutes of the game they only had two for the rest of the game you know they went like a 10 to 12 minute period in real or in 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 um, basketball time, on-court time, of not turning the ball over from the end of the first half into the second half. They want like 10 to 12 minutes of game time of not turning the ball over, which is amazing against NC State. But if you can't stop them from scoring on the other end, it's not going to do much for you. I mean, this is a team that North Carolina, which, again, North Carolina is the top five team in the country right now. They held this team to 51 points. And we, and we don't
1: think about North Carolina as a, some sort of lockdown uh, bruising defensive team.
2: No, they're a very good team, but they're not like a, an elite, elite defensive team. And that's the the challenges we have going forward during this stretch. And it was great to get the Miami win, but it doesn't get any easier during this stretch of basketball. I mean, UNC is a tough challenge, man. And after that, we've got uh, Wake and Duke. And and um, after that, in the beginning of February, you've got Virginia and, and Clemson. Like, there's just... It's a ton of teams that are quality. There not breaks anytime soon. No, tournament-type teams, and it, it, they, they're not going to come up for air anytime
1: soon. Yeah, I think it was in, the overall energy level, the focus, the uh, competitiveness, the handling uh, adversity in games, all of that is better than it was earlier this season. Hell, it's better than it was in December. Yeah, uh, and that's worth recognizing. On the way to re- also recognizing, if there's one uh, gigantic issue that has characterized Louisville since Kenny's been here, uh, it's they're just not a good defensive team, and they're and the, and I mean that every word of that sentence. They're not a good defensive team, and it's the team defense element. When someone is supposed to help someone else, how they're supposed to help someone else if need be, what the responsibilities are, what to do, everyone working together in concert. And if you think about it, in the end, it's team defense might be like the purest distilled uh, way of looking at how a coach is doing, getting the overall message through to everyone. Right, Because it tests your unselfishness. It tests, because you know, we're talking about doing this without the ball, all that sort of thing. It tests your ability to communicate to one guy his responsibilities, but then everybody, all of their responsibilities, in light of each guy's responsibilities. It's the individual and the team together and how that all works together. It's like the meta-ness of being a coach, and it's where Louisville's always the worst. And, and this NC State team that, that scores 89 points shoots 60% from the field in the second half. And we're talking about an NC State team that not only did they get held into the 50s by North Carolina, against Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago, just like two weeks ago, they win 54-52. They shot 32% from from two, and they were three of 17 from three. The point of all this being this – and Louisville didn't turn the ball over like crazy in this game. Uh, to where NC State was just out and running all the time. They were just generating lots of buckets in their offense, something they don't do. And so it's disappointing to waste what are what's obviously, I think, some improvements in other places. When big picture here, how is it that we're this far into to someone's head coaching tenure and they're just not they're not even a, like a decent defensive team. They're bad. Yeah. And it cost them. This is a game they could have won if they
2: were just all right defensively. Adequate.
1: Yes. Average. Replacement level. Replacement level, Whatever. which is always
2: what we like to say. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 the most frustrating part about it. And it was it was one of the, the first red flags last year. And I know I say it like, but there was a, a series of red flags. And the first one last year was that, man, they never once got organized into a competent defense, like game to game last year. Never, I never really understood if they they knew what they were trying to do. And this year, you see flashes of of, of good things, you know. But um, Miami kind of played into what what we were good at that game, you know. And they kept trying to, and we were a little fortunate, I think, that they didn't shoot it a little better from the three point line because they had a lot of open looks and they're a very good shooting team. But that's not to take anything away from that game. NC State's not a team that generally beats you in the half-court offense and generates a lot of baskets that way, but they did on Saturday. Yeah. Like we we did a good job of not playing into you know turning the ball over and, and letting them get out and run. Uh, and and I mean, Louisville, the points off turnovers was almost even. Yeah, when does Louisville ever get a game like that? And we beat them on on actual turnovers. Like, and we stopped giving the ball the live ball turnovers is what NC State kills people with those seven steals they had in like the first twelve minutes of the game, but only two more during the rest of the game. That was a pretty good accomplishment. But, again, if you can't stop them in the half court, a team that's eminently stoppable in the half court, then, I mean, you're not going to be able to win. Right? Like You're just not going to be able to win those games, and it sucks. That, that, you know, like you said, effort was wasted in other parts of this this game. And and at the end of the day, they end up getting beat by a team that just – if you thought NC State – if you see that NC State scores 89 points, you assume they got – like 30 points off turnovers. Right? Yeah. For like they they were outrun, they were turning the ball over constantly and outrunning and gunning. Uh but this was straight up like DJ Burns was uh you know, clinical and with his uh, <laughs> with his passes. He has great court vision. Um and it just day you know, they did hit more three-pointers than they normally do, but man they were open a lot. Even yeah. bad shooting teams are going to hit those shots if you give them enough looks
1: at them. Well, and this game, ultimately, Dave, plays out as a prime example of the – it just feels so not fun to say this. But sometimes you have to sort of be the grown-up in the room here. This is a great example of the thing you and I have been saying uh, nonstop all year. This game was improvement. It wasn't good. And the job is for the team to be good, not better than they have been. You can't just solve the can you show improvement this year problem by being horrible and then being a little bit better you have to be good and and sadly they're still not good even
2: as we recognize places where it's obviously getting better unfortunately like the runway the running out of runway to where like the six point losses don't the the close losses aren't going to help you at the end of the year like, we can see some progress, but we can also see the glaring areas where there's not progress. Uh, well, and, and at sometimes some point, you have some, to
1: have a dub. And sometimes even the progress, your first gut reaction. I mean, how many of you listening, think about, you've said this to yourself. They do something good, and part of you wants to be like, all right. But then the other part of you wants to be like, where has that been? I know. Why did it take until now for that? And that's not our fault. That's a very normal sure. human reaction. You do it in all sorts of other places in your life. It's it's a it's a reasonable way to react to somebody doing something that they should have been doing all along. Part of you says, "All right, good," but part of you's like, "Where has this been? Yeah. You you mean you could have done this all along? This would have been a great first year loss." Yeah, that was the my first thought as it went finals. Like if this was last year, you would look at this and be like. I All right, I see it. Miami game, this game, not going to win them all. Don't know what real uh, fair, totally fair expectation should have been, but I can see uh, the, the kind of team that they're trying to be. But, man, we're a year and a half into this. You need to be so much further along than where you are, even as we, again, yeah. rationally recognize it's better than it was even eight weeks ago.
2: Like, this should be the uh – the disappointing loss in year two, that's not right. like a missed opportunity. Yeah. Not like a, uh, one of our better efforts, you know, <laughs> let's, and, and, and you can't help but look at the rest of the year. And I'm trying, like, that's the, the struggle because, you know, you want to give credit and you don't ever want to be seen as not being fair about stuff. Cause I, I've again, like I, I, I wanted nothing more to build off of that Miami game sure. and I thought they did some really good things on Saturday, but the bad things are just so glaring. Like you just can't let, that team score 89 points against you largely in the half court. And Horn can't score 30 points. Yeah, largely in the half court. You know, <laughs> it just can't happen that way. You're right. Um, and you want to you wanna be fair about everything, but you can't help but look at the rest of the year and go, man, if we give up 89 points to this team, like what's this team going to do to us? And what's this team going to do to us? And like I said earlier, the bottom line is runway, they're, they're running out of runway. And and the close losses or the hard-fought losses aren't going to mean that much if you don't get a significant amount of dubs in the, in the win column. And, man, they're just running out of time to do that because we didn't get the easy dubs, all of them, during the pre-conference time. We had, what, three or four quad four losses. That's a problem. I mean, obviously we're not even talking about a tournament resume right now. I'm just saying those are the games you should win. And they didn't win all those games. And they put themselves behind the eight ball – to where, man, you're looking at the rest of this conference schedule in a in a mid-ACC this year. You're looking down the stretch going, dude, how many of these games can we re- realistically expect to win? I don't want to think about it that way because we were 16-point dogs to Miami on the road. They pulled that game out. But do we – I mean, how do we feel about UNC? Terrified. Yeah. How do we feel about Duke at home? I mean, Wake maybe. You know, but Virginia, we know how that goes. And just – that's unfortunate because you, you can't help but project out, project out and look at the rest of the season and and try to find those wins. And it's hard to find them. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We
1: come back, we'll open up the phones, let you guys sound off uh, on this one as well here. Hope you are off work today. Uh if not, hope the roads and everything uh were, were pretty safe for you. You're warm, uh, wherever you might be. Uh and uh Godspeed to everyone in Buffalo making an effort to try and be at that football game, uh, which starts about an hour from now. They and the Steelers uh, should the steel what I guess should the Steelers pull the upset? Baltimore would face them if not, the Ravens get
2: Houston. Yes, they get the the lowest uh, remaining seed and since the two and the three seeds won, uh, or I'm sorry, since the two seed won or since Kansas City won. If Buffalo wins, Houston the four seed would be the lowest remaining seed. So they would play them. If the Steelers win, they would be the lowest remaining seed and they would play the Ravens. All right, we'll take a quick break. I feel break like here. I made that way more complicated than it need to be.
1: But you you're not you weren't wrong. I got there. Maybe not concise, but not wrong. Not concise. If yeah. that's what you were going for, you nailed it. Boom. We'll take a quick break here. We'll be right back on the drive when I well.
2: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
0: Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence.
2: OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of
0: our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com/careers. That's opcpest.com/careers.
1: Listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here on a very, very frigid Monday it just looks cold outside it is cold outside it also looks uh cold outside so i hope you're warm uh, wherever you are everyone having fun at your expense today saying i hope you cold weather people are happy hope I'm dave is happy it. you're you're taking uh, you're getting quite frank some blame for this
2: i'm cool it looks you. like it bothers you
1: too i gotta it say it really doesn't biscuit i saw a tweet are, are you wearing your shorts
2: no, because I came from work. I'm ah, not allowed to wear shorts at work. Gotcha. Not because it's cold, because he came from work. <laughs> I'm just wearing pants. I don't know. <laughs> pants and a, a flannel. Khakis. <laughs> what you wearing, khakis? Uh, look, I don't really care what any of you say. I'd rather have this than 105 or whatever you all sickos like. I'm good. Five degrees is a bit much, sure, but if it's not windy, it's not that bad to me. And now it's 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 like sixteen, seventeen degrees now, isn't it? Sweltering. Yeah. What is it? I mean, what's the temperature right now? Yeah, I gotta say it's like fifteen. Twelve degrees. We're good.
1: Double digits <laughs> here, folks. Double digits.
2: <laughs> the wind is what really kills you, though. You know what I mean? It really is. <laughs> like these 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 temps don't bother me at all unless it's windy.
1: What's okay. So since you've said it, it's the wind that kills you or yeah. sometimes you hear like it's a dry heat. That's what What weather like trope like that. Do you like pisses you off the most because I, for me like it's a dry heat. Yeah. Heat is heat man. So uh, it, the heat might be dry. I am not at
0: some point. That's the problem. It doesn't matter it, if it's a dry heat or that's not. Right. Like once you hit like
2: 95 degrees. I'm sweating in all of it doesn't this. matter. And in the Ohio Valley, in Kentucky, it's, not almost, it's almost never a dry heat anyway. You always have some kind of humidity. Now, when we lived in the desert when I was a kid, it would get up to like 115 degrees. We lived in uh, Fort Irwin in California, which was close to Death Valley. And at that point, it's like, dude, I don't care what if it's dry or wet or whatever in the middle. It could be the driest heat possible with zero humidity. If it's 115 degrees, it's 115 degrees. That's right. And it'd be like that, like multiple days in a row. That's hot. That's just hot.
1: Yeah, the, the it's a dry heat thing has never made sense to me. Yeah. It's not my experience. I will say, when Ansh and I went to uh, Red Rocks, uh, there's was an odd uh, phenomenon there where we are outside for Red Rocks. And when we were in the sun, even though it wasn't cold, it was comfortable. You know, wore jeans and, and a hoodie to the sh- the concert that night. But in, directly in the sun, it was hot. Yeah. Like the sun was hot. But then if you got in the shade, it was f- freezing. It's uh, it's because you were
2: closer to the sun. Is that what in it Colorado. is? It's, it's science. A thousand feet closer science. That's what it is, Mark. A couple of thousand. feet. like Aaron Rodgers would say. I don't know. If, I don't know if if you're familiar with this. It's mile high, out the there in Denver. Huh? Yeah, it's the mile high city. I don't know if you knew that.
1: (laughs) I can see how that would play a factor in things. Very weird, though.
2: Uh, Yeah, dude. But there's nothing worse than, for me, like 100 degrees and humid. Weirdly enough, like, people talk about not wanting to be, like, exercising that. I don't mind exercising in, like, 95 degrees and humid to a point where it's, like, uh, feels like 108. I don't mind that because I'm trying to sweat. It's when I'm trying to live life, <laughs> and I simply can't just live life without being soaking wet all the time. Well, there's, <laughs>
1: sweating just – it's like I'm expending real effort here, but then I'm just standing at a tailgate. I'm really yeah. not. And you're like, I, I don't, don't want to be sweating for yeah, this. Can I please right? not sweat? All right, I don't want it to look like I'm trying this
2: hard at being alive. <laughs> yeah, just standing there. Just, <laughs> I'm simply trying to live, and I am just soaking wet sweat through my shirt i don't like that not my favorite so i'm never in danger of that when it's 15 degrees outside buddy i'm good but again like i think we can all agree that i see i would rather it be 15 degrees right now than like 35 degrees with like 40 to de- 40 mile hour winds oh i don't want wind no matter what wind no is wind is just a problem wind is the worst still air that's cold doesn't bother me that much like i didn't even really notice how cold it was last night when I was taking my dog out at, like, 3 in the morning until, like, the little, like, I had just taken a drink of water, you know, and I had oh, water on sure. my mustache, and I was outside for maybe 15 seconds, and I was like, it's not that bad, and then all of a sudden I realized that my, f- my facial hair was frozen. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, it, it is, it's rather cold out here. Yes, did you go so to Kansas the City the weekend, Dave? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> did you see the video
1: in Kansas City where they had water in the yeah. coolers, and when they would take it out, it would freeze? yeah. It's and then wild. the cooler was actually keeping it from freezing,
2: or the close-ups of Andy Reid's face. Okay, so I, that, thats
1: what I wanted to bring up. <laughs> we gotta, in, in the same way that like we were hoping somebody would maybe get to Corey Alexander, but don't do that anymore. Can we talk to somebody at Fo- or Fox or CBS or whoever? I guess it was Peacock, wasn't it? Yeah, they remind. Was, we'll talk about that in a second.
0: Yeah, well, sure. NBC affiliate. We don't
1: so. <laughs> we do not need extreme close-ups of the frozen exhaled air and snot in andy reed's yeah like, let them live. it's gross <laughs> like we can see like we can just keep it a little we can go with a wide angle view like you know what i mean we don't even like right up in his face and you just it's so it was so gross
2: Run i did to, like, like some of the, it was gross but i did like some of the memes that arose from taylor swift looking out the window you know from his uh from her uh, "You Belong With Me" video, which oh, had yeah. the "Are You Okay" oh, sure sign, and they had the "Are You Okay," and it was Travis Kelsey on their side. <laughs> like, no, it's minus five degrees outside. <laughs> I do love like every time he drops the ball, people are like, "It's because she's there." I know, I know. Like, look, people g- get frustrated. It's not her fault, of course not. That the can know that the camera's always on her. It's oh, just sure. not like right. it, it's. Like, if there is, everybody's just convinced it's, it's, a, it's a work or something, and it's like, it, she's there to watch her boyfriend. Obviously, like, it, to blame the networks if you want to get pissed off at somebody for, for focusing on her, because they clearly think it draws in another audience, too. It does. It does, but I'm saying, like, that's why they're doing it. It's not her fault. Whatever hate you have in your heart for her. Redirect it to something else.
0: Now, there was a funny one yesterday. I saw Yourself. Some, <laughs> Someone's like, quit showing this guy in a suit the Cowboys game. It was Jerry Jones, the owner of the team. Like, <laughs> I even right. you know what? Stop
1: showing suit. him, too. That's fine. That's, I'm cool with the I'd yeah. rather
0: see Taylor Swift than Jerry Jones. Although I kind <laughs>
1: of <laughs> – of, kind of,
2: right. I think I kind of love when they keep panning to Jerry Jones when they're down by 50, though. <laughs> when you're getting worked by Jordan Love which we could talk about his ultimate ascension this weekend because, dude, that guy's got every throw in the book, and he's played really well this season, and he's only gotten better as the year went on. Okay, so I watched.
1: Uh, we can just go there, and if, uh, if you want to join us, uh, you want to jump in here, you can. Eighty one fifty 939 9 uh, is the number if you want to get in here. I am furious that Green Bay appears to have landed its third consecutive fantastic quarterback. He looked – there's no way in the world if you were colorblind or, or if you were new to football and I sit you down, you're like, watch this game. One of these guys is on his second gigantic contract and is the franchise quarterback of the future. One of these guys is in his first year as a starter. Tell me which one is which. Yeah. Zero out of a million people are picking Jordan Love as the, the young guy making a road playoff start in his first year as a starter. He looks spectacular. I can't, and I look. I remember him in college, Utah. So I remember thinking he was good. I remember thinking, like, what in the world is Green Bay doing? He, they were right. I don't know how else to say it. He looks. Not only is he not bad, he's he looks every like for as much like a fawning kind of uh, yeah. deserved praise that uh, C.J. Stroud has got. We'll talk about him too. He looks every bit as
2: good as that. He yeah. looks awesome. It's is there a better franchise in the? in the league at evaluating quarterbacks than, than the Green Bay Packers at this point. I mean, how can you say otherwise Cleveland for 30 years now? Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland, number one. Yeah. Is there anybody like we have a hell of a battle at the bottom. Don't worry. Right. right. We, we know who's not Bears, good. Bears, Browns, Jets, all of them. We're all, we're all in there together. Um, but he, it's not just like he has all of the throws, Yeah, all of them. And he's got the, we talked about that like drop release. He has, the kind of fade back you know the fade away uh, throw off his back foot on purpose kind of floater that he throws and, and it's a beautiful ball he 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 just didn't make mistakes or he didn't make mistakes he has this season but he didn't make mistakes against the Cowboys uh, made a really good defense look bad um, the, the 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 Packers offense did that all game and uh, obviously Jai had a, a huge play early That was a massive momentum swing um, and kind of started, I think, the beatdown at that point when he when he got that pick. They scored off of that, uh, and it was kind of Katie bar the door, you know. After that, and the fact that the two most impressive performances to this point during the opening weekend were from two first year starters, one in Jordan Love in his third year in the league, and one in um, C.J. Stroud in his rookie season, is pretty incredible. I mean, they 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 will be counted among the best quarterbacks in the league next year going forward it
1: i can't help but watch uh, that Houston game and think what the hell were the Panthers doing like it really makes you wonder how the draft eval process went that they they had the option to, to choose whoever they wanted and we're like let's take the tiny guy instead of what we've seen from C.J. Stroud, and I would just, I would love, there really doesn't ever seem to be, although I guess that they've been fired, but like there really doesn't ever seem to be a lot of fallout for a botch that bad. But how in the world did you have the option to evaluate those two, work them out, interview them, all that, and end up with, I mean, there are, there are people in Carolina who are like, this is a bust already. Yeah. And Houston's going on to the next round of the playoffs in year one.
2: And I, I mean, I remember, like, I mean, I liked C.J. Stroud more than Bryce Young coming out of college. I'm not always right about that stuff. Sure. Trust me, I'm wrong plenty. Uh, but I, I liked him more than Bryce Young last year. I don't know how you felt about it. I don't remember. Uh, I don't think we talked a ton of it. Uh, but there were plenty of analysts that were 100% on C.J. Stroud and not Bryce Young. And somehow the Panthers just got it completely wrong. Although there were a lot of guys that liked Bryce Young coming out of Alabama. And he's not necessarily done at this point. The Panthers had a bad team this year. They were awful. But we all see how that can affect his quarterback. Their entire career can get tanked because they went to the wrong place. Yeah, sometimes it, a bad gets you, infrastructure. it gets you
1: on a treadmill you can't get off of. Yeah. I mean, he's already going to have a different head coach and offense in year two, and he's playing ultimately for a franchise with an owner who sucks. Uh, and, Whatever and,
2: do you mean. And, and God awful, knows uh, how, how that will go. Do you think he's not to but do you think Tepper's going to face any kind of fallout from this this year from his incident with the fan and just kind of he got you, fined I'm, and that's it. I mean it doesn't seem like they're in a hurry to to do anything else with The him. owners are not.
1: They are not a group of of men and women who are keen on being disciplined
2: for anything. Yeah, because they don't look they don't like they don't want to see him disciplined because they don't want to see themselves Absolutely. disciplined. Like that's really what it comes mm-hmm. down to. So it takes something either uh, oh. uh, some kind of a um, you know sexual harassment, systemic, not a one-off incident, systemic sexual harassment or or multiple you know uh, racist policies or incidents. Like all these things, you have to be caught red-handed doing some awful stuff to be removed. I mean, look, it's Richardson, it's 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 Daniel Snyder. And we all know how pervasive that right, That issue was. And just the light stuff, like throwing a drink at a fan or, or having constant issues with fans like that, that ain't going to get you in trouble in the NFL. Not really. Because none of the, uh, the owners want to be held accountable for the little stuff. And they, they all do
1: that stuff. All of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> they do. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt No, that's, that's fine. Uh, th- I like this, I, this question. Are the Jets, Browns, and Bears so bad at evaluating QBs they are actually good? And Here's what he means. is In that they always choose wrong, so their process does separate the QBs in a fashion which separated the good ones from bad ones, but they always pick the bad ones. So basically should those franchises, like Casanza themselves, should they do the exact opposite of what they think they should do and see how that turns out?
2: I like it. I mean, honestly, as that's as good of an explanation as any. They should have a group their, their, their traditional way of evaluating quarterbacks. And the problem with it is it's been through four different GMs, you know, because cause bad quarterback drafts generally get you fired. That's right, you know. So you've got, um, you know, Joe Douglas drafted Zach Wilson. Uh, you've got uh, Tannenbaum and uh, McCagnan who drafted the two before. You know, it's just that's they keep firing GMs after two or three years. Douglas has gotten four. Like it's The problem is Douglas had a really – I've liked what he's done in the draft a lot. Like in last year he he had an unreal draft, you know, between um, the first round of Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson and then Brees Hall in the second round. I mean, that's an incredible four, four picks in the 2022 draft. Um, and that might end up saving him. But his free agent signings last year, which a lot of them had to do with Aaron Rodgers, almost all of them, were god-awful, and we could have reappropriated that that money. But that's that's the issue with tying yourself to a guy that you need to placate. And you're not even sure he's going to be healthy as a 40-year-old. Um, and I, if I was a GM, if I was ever a GM, I just would not get myself in that position. But ultimately, that has to do with Woody Johnson. And that's kind of what I was getting at. If you have a bad owner, it's really hard for the rest of the front office to overcome it because the Aaron Rodgers situation was because Woody Johnson wanted Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know if it would have been any better, but the front office all wanted Derek Carr. They wanted to go down that road of, like, a solid starter who has years left. Uh, We'd have money left over to play with, and he doesn't demand anything himself. And Woody Johnson was just all in on Aaron Rodgers and building, building around him and doing whatever it took to get him, which whatever it took was Randall Cobb, Billy Turner, Alan Lazard, which I didn't have as much of a problem with Alan Lazard, but he ended up being awful. Dalvin uh, Cook to a degree. Know, da- Dalvin Cook to a degree was absolutely Aaron Rodgers, but they should have been investing that money in offensive line help. You know, other receivers that weren't 158 years old. You <laughs> well, know, it's, <sighs> I don't know. I think Corey Davis retiring hurt a little bit because they it were did expecting seem to him. catch them flat-footed. It did. And, it, and he would have been a nice, you know, second or third option in this offense. Um, but it's not like they would have used him right anyway, because thing heck, it's an awful, awful, awful offensive coordinator. So, also another person that they hired to
1: try to bring in Aaron Rodgers. Which of the and we again we still have two playoff games left uh, here so far. The which outcome surprised you the most and why? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you it. I was shocked by Cleveland not just losing but the way they lost because i thought the last five six games of the season they were spectacular and 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 joe flacco it was like just bombs you know yeah. it wasn't just like he was uh game managing this we're talking deep throws over and it would catch and run uh, in joke like and early in that game big throws uh, only just to to come cr- crashing back down, to very much turn back into a pumpkin. Yeah, that, uh, that's the one.
2: It was the how of it as much as the that it happened. It wasn't just – like the Flacco thing you might have been able to see coming, but Cleveland's defense looked awful. They looked awful. And CJ Stroud's an incredible yeah. player, but th- Cleveland's defense was one of the top five defenses in the league this year. I mean, not scoring-wise, but they were the best – total defense they were top 10 i think in scoring overall they were just they were shut down and when they were playing well they were a lockdown defense and they just didn't show up though that ball started rolling down the hill and they couldn't do anything about it with cj stroud and that offense and they got whipped um i thought i can't call the cowboys thing a, a surprise because mike mccarthy just went full mike mccarthy and unfortunately Dak went a little back even though i'm a Dak fan he has this history in the playoffs um, I thought it was really surprising to a degree. The only part of that game that surprised me was that they just they allowed Green Bay to take away their vertical passing attack immediately. How often did Dak even try to go downfield? It was all underneath when he, when they could even get it going. And there was a lot of references by the, the uh uh booth crew that it seemed like him and Lamb were off a little bit yeah, during that game, they, and it did. It seemed like they were. Was calling
1: attention to it the fact that like they just he didn't look happy, and they yeah. couldn't seem to get him the ball. Yeah, and there
2: was a couple of misreads, and they just could couldn't get it to him. Uh, and the only time they ever got him really was underneath. You know, they're were, they're were just getting it to him in space and trying to get a little dumping runs. You know, and and that's not Cowboys offense. If you take away the 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 deep ball, they really struggled with everything else. They just did, and and. That surprised me to a degree. Not the fact they lost, but the fact that they just could not get their footing against Green Bay's defense. Um, that and the fact that Cleveland's defense just didn't show up at all.
0: I mean, Ferguson for Dallas had three touchdowns, but it's overshadowed by the fact that Aaron Jones on the other side of the ball had three touchdowns for Green Bay, and also just you know Green Bay jumped out front early and they were able to control the pace of the game going downfield. And that I, I picked Packers money line. Actually, I was not surprised at all that Dallas was going to be the first two seed to lose to a seven seed at all.
2: It did surprise me after it started. Like it was just like you know that that's not that surprising. McCarthy going. I thought they would win that game, but it wasn't the the most surprising thing in the world to see them choke again. But yeah, like to Spencer's point, it was forty eight thirty two, but it it didn't feel like a two score game. That's right. It felt like they lost oh, that by was t- so, that was thirty points. Garbage time. Yeah, yeah, that was an utterly one sided forty eight sixteen at one point. Yeah, you know, it, it's just. That's when I lost interest in the game. I was like, all right, this is any any kind of comeback I thought might have happened is it's this ain't happening. Every time they, they cut it to two scores, they immediately the Packers immediately scored again. And it was just it's good to see Jair get that pick. Did you see like, your- I would much rather the Packers win than the Cowboys. I mean I'm I'm good with that. It was a s it was a light bet that I put down that four four leg parlay. So
0: Did you see where Jordan Love had a perfect passer rating, but then he came back into the yeah. game and then threw one incompletion and the passer rating dropped to like one fifty seven point two, which is one point off of a perfect passer rating? Yeah, between I saw that. Between him and Stroud, I think they were like a total of a
2: couple of points off of perfect passer ratings, weren't they? Or something like that. I think
0: the perfect's like one fifty eight point two for whatever reason. Yeah. No one knows the formula anymore. And I think it's an outdated Nobody formula. does. <laughs> Lamar had one with the five touchdowns that, that
2: game. Right. He, had, he had a perfect right. passer rating.
1: Incredible performance, I think, from both of those guys. Uh, and it, it really did feel like Cleveland in particular. Like, I, I would have if, – if if I think that there were some people who really thought, like, they, they could be a Super Bowl team with the way that they defend and the way that the offense looked down the stretch here. And uh, I, I saw ten different versions of – people catching uh, Deshaun Watson on the sideline with C.J. Stroud out on the field in his uniform. And, yeah. You know, the t- juxtaposed kind of together, like uh, the Texans have already succeeded in replacing you, pal.
2: Yeah, and everyone now, I mean, it was already considered a pretty bad trade, but in retrospect, that trade gets worse and worse. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Deshaun Watson to the Browns trade. I mean, with the way C.J. Stroud's worked out in short order, it was three firsts what, a third and a second, I think, in next year's draft. It's, it's the first-rounder and the third-rounder. Yeah, they're not done biffing. They're not done yet. from it. And it's, it's, uh, obviously, it's not going to be a really high draft pick because they're both playoff teams, but they can parlay those two into a, probably a top-12 pick if they wanted to trade up. Two first-round draft picks are, are gold in the NFL, regardless of where they are. Right, we'll take a
1: quick break. Uh, here, when we come back, we'll go back. Uh, to Louisville and the game against NC State, and just sort of where we stand uh, here at this point. And the uh, Dave, we got to talk at some point here about the fact that like Karan Davis has, seems to have no interest in leaving. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Saw him yesterday at some Dave, point the game here yeah. as well on the drive on a Bear right Back.